This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, God is so good. And this is uh, the final installment of, of Jesus Is. And how many people have been receiving something from these messages, getting a greater revelation of who Jesus is? Amen. And I, I'm telling you, that's, that's what builds our faith up when we get a greater revelation of Jesus. So today I want to talk to you about Jesus is the bread of life. And uh, I love that. And in John 6, 35... Uh, Jesus is speaking here and he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never uh, hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. And I love that about, you know, about our walk with God and about Christianity. And Christianity is not just a religion. And uh, it's not just a religion. It's not just rules and regulation. Really, Christianity, true Christianity, is a relationship with Jesus. It's a relationship with God the Father. It's a relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's true Christianity. Amen? And so I I think sometimes, you know, we get saved and we don't know really what to do next in our salvation. And and so I want to talk to you about that in Proverbs 29, 18. Uh, we, we need to get a God revelation. Somebody say a revelation. And we need to get, a, you know, more of a God revelation of, of who he is, who we are in him, what we can do in him, and, and, and how we can live our life in him. Amen? And I like Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keeps the law, happy is he. Um, so, so I, I like that. There's another uh, translation in, in the Amplified, uh, Proverbs 29, 18. says, where there is no vision, no revelation of God and his word, the people are unrestrained. But happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. So, so really, this is the key. If we're going to walk this life as a Christian, we have to continue to have a God revelation of who God is. You know, I think about that. and I think about people that are in the world and, you know, this church would be filled up if they just had a revelation of how good God is. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you? You're here today because God has given you a little bit of a revelation of how good he is. Somebody say God is good. And see, what it is, is that you have discovered something. You have discovered you have tasted a little bit of God and you want more. How many people want more in here? I I don't just want a little bit of God. I just don't want a little dab of God. I I, I know that God is good. You know, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. But I want more than a taste this morning, don't you? I, I just want more of God. How many people want more of God in here? I like what it says in Psalms 1611. It says here, you make known to me the path of life and you will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So what he's saying here is, is that when we get a revelation of God, it should make us happy. It should produce some joy in our lives. Hello. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? You know, we we uh, went out uh, to uh, we went down to Florida for Yen's. 
uh, brother, her, her brother passed away in a motorcycle accident of age 33. Tragic. And, um, but, the, but the thing is that, that her family, they, they're, they're Buddhists. They're not Christians. And that wasn't easy. And, uh, you know, uh, in the process, they have a belief system that's not a Christian belief system. And their belief system is, is totally different. And we know that, you know, we know, we know, somebody say, I know, that Christianity is true faith. You know, you don't wonder. And you know, and we're going to go into this, you know that when you receive Christ, you know where you're going. Amen. I like that. I like to know. How many people like to know? But, you know, in most religions, and I was sort of interviewing because I'm, I'm trying to get God to some of the people over there. In, in most religions, uh, other, all other religions besides Christianity, uh, they're all based on a works system. And hopefully you make it to heaven. Hopefully, if you do enough works and you, you get on your knees and you climb upstairs and you do all the all the, the, the uh, rituals of that religion, hopefully. But there's no guarantees. Amen. You know, they were praying for their uh, for for long and they believe that they can pray them into heaven. And if they don't make it into heaven, maybe they'd be reincarnated into an animal. Think about that. I don't, you know, I, I, you know, it's amazing. You know, I'm just so glad God drew me in and God revealed to me truth about who he is. And what it's all based on, these religions are based on traditions of man. And, you know, I asked, I was asking one, I said, is there any guarantee to heaven? And, and, and one person said to me in her family, she says, no, in a Buddhist faith, there's no guarantee to heaven. And, I, and she says, I don't think any religion guarantees heaven. I said, I don't think you've checked it all out. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't searched it out. You haven't searched out the truth. You know, you gotta, you know God wants us seeking him. He wants us searching him out. And I have sought, he sought me, but now I seek him. And we need to seek him. Thank God that we have a guarantee. So I'm, I'm talking to you about the will of God for our life. And, and I like what it says in John 10, 10. It says the thief does not come except to steal, kill and to destroy. But I come that you may have life and have it. What? More abundantly. So, so God wants us. So what is God's will for our life? And, and what, what is he, what's his will for us? His will is for us to walk in abundance in every area of our lives. Thank God. Thank God. It's, thank God when Jesus paid the price, it wasn't just for my soul to get to heaven. Thank God there's more. Somebody say there's more. And I love that. And what it says that, you know, eternal life really, you know, the, the, the key is, is that Jesus has given us eternal life. And that's and that's a guarantee, a home in heaven and a guarantee, a lot, a new life in God, a guarantee. I guarantee it. Amen. Jesus guaranteed it when he preached. He guaranteed heaven when you believe on him. Think about that. And we got to get a revelation of this because have you ever walked in your Christian faith and wondered if you were a Christian? 
Has anybody ever thought, oh, am I, you know, you, you failed, you sinned, you fell back, and sometimes you question yourself, am I saved? You know, there's many people that go to church and they don't, they don't have a revelation of the saving power of Jesus. And we got to get a revelation of the saving power of Jesus. And when, when we receive him, he saves us. You know, I talk to people a lot and I'm always interviewing people and asking people because I'm, I, I like to witness and I like to find out where people are coming from. You know, when they were praying all these prayers and chanting, one thing that I, w- I was so um, blessed by Yin's faith, she said she would not participate with the family in doing those things. She stood. See, your faith is going to be tried. And she could not, you know, in good conscience, do these chants and all that because why? She knows the truth. And if she's going to get them saved, she's going to have to stand on her faith. And I'm going to say this, your faith is going to be challenged. And the enemy's going to challenge your faith. And the enemy may say to you at times, are you sure you're saved? Then that's a, that's a guarantee that you are. <laughs> Especially if you're trying to walk with God. How many people are trying to walk with God? How many people are trying to walk out their faith? So I love what it says in John 3, 16. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I was talking to uh, uh, one of Yin's uh, relatives and, and she and really one of her relatives lives in her brother. She, she has, um, uh, you know, three brothers, one that just passed away. And, and one sister and uh, and and that one brother lives in in, in uh, Chicago and he's attending a church. Praise God. And his girlfriend's attending a church and I'm, I'm talking to the girlfriend and I don't know. She's a new believer, but I asked her if she's ever heard of John three sixteen, and she said no. I'm thinking that's a foundational scripture of, of being a Christian. John three. I know I preach a lot of elementary here. And, and, but I, want, I don't want you guys to forget it. I want you to stand on, hey, John 3, 16. How do you know you're saved? John 3, 16. What do you mean by that? John, for God so loved the world. For God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in Jesus shall have, not might, not maybe, shall have eternal life. So as a Christian, you shouldn't be saying, I hope I make it to heaven. I hope you're not in that. No, no, you're going to make it because you're believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's the author. You may be stumbling. You may be faltering. You may may be weak in some areas. But God is the author and the finisher of your faith. Somebody say amen in here. Glory to God. I'm preaching myself happy. Amen. John. (laughs) <laughs> John 14, 2. I love this because, because in John 14, 2, it says this. Jesus was talking to his disciples and he's talking to us. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, uh, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, that you may be also. I like that. Because, you know, he's, he's saying, you know, there, that he is preparing a place for us. 
Somebody say, I have a guarantee. And see, that's good news. I'm glad that my faith is not nebulous. What do I mean by that? It, it, that, that, you, that you have something that you can sink your teeth in. It's not a might. It's not a maybe. It's not a hope so faith. It's a for sure faith that we walk in. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I like what it says in, in 1 Peter 1, 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Remember last week I talked about that really the pinnacle of our faith is that Jesus is raised from the dead. And see, Peter is saying here, through a living hope for the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and does not fade away. Woo, I love that. Hallelujah. You hear me? And reserved in heaven for you. I'm sorry. Somebody needs to get happy in here today. Because we don't have just a, 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 a nebulous faith. We have a for sure knowing. Somebody say a for sure knowing. Glory to God. Amen. God is so good. I like what it says in 1 John 5, 11. I remember I was witnessing one day. And uh, I, we, after we were done witnessing, we had some of the church people out and we went to we went into Starbucks and this guy started debating me and he was sitting at the table and he and he, he was from some church. I don't know what church he was from, but he says, how do you know that you're saved? How do you know what you're doing is right? You know, he was you know, he was, you know, the, the devil, what the how the devil operates. He likes to ask questions. How do you know that this church is right? How do you, are you hear what I'm saying today? He, he, he likes to get you to question things. You know, did God say that if you eat the fruit that you, did God say, you know, no, you surely won't die. Then, then the devil will, will straight out lie. But I like what it says in 1 John 5, 11 and 13. It says, and this is a testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has a son has life. He who does not have the son of, of, of God does not have life. These things I've written to you who believed in the name of the son of God that you may know that you have eternal, that you may know. John is saying that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue. I love that part because, you know, you have to continue. Somebody say continue. We have to continue to believe. Amen. Somebody say continue to believe. Continue to believe. Amen. You know, that's the reason, you know, if you, you want your faith to go higher, you got to get a revelation of who you are in Christ, what God has done for you, you know, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And you have to get a revelation of what you have in Christ and what you can do in Christ. You got to get that revelation. I, I like the, the number two uh, blessing of salvation is that God promises us healing. I love that. Spirit, you know, Jesus took care of spirit, soul, and body on the cross. And see, part, part some uh, some Bible uh, believers, some some uh, traditional Christians uh, don't totally believe that Jesus still heals today. But I believe he, he does. And we just and you got to believe that, you know, the Bible says this, 
that believers can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's part of our commission, but you got to believe. Somebody say believe. believe. We have to believe that that's what the word of God says, so I believe it. Amen. You have to believe. I believe it from, gener- from the book of Genesis all the, way book to, uh, all the way to the book of Revelation. I even believe the maps in this Bible. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You have to believe. Amen. And so we see here, uh, when uh, we see here healed bodies, Matthew 8, 16 and 17 says this way. When evening has come, they brought to him, talking about Jesus, many who were demon possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. I love that. First Peter, uh, Peter says this way, who himself bore our sins on his body on the tree that we haven't died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. So I call this what I'm going over a little bit this morning is the threefold blessing of salvation and the threefold blessing of salvation. Number one is eternal life. Number two is healing. Jesus bought and paid for our healing. And that's good news today because we don't have to just rely on medical, on the medical practice, on the medical doctors. Thank God that we can stand and believe that Jesus paid the price for our healing. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? We got, we got to believe that. And then number three, the threefold blessing of salvation is, is, is prosperity. In other words, you know, I, where, where are you getting this, Pastor? I'm getting this from Galatians 3.13. And what does Galatians 3.13 says? It says that Christ has redeemed us from what? The curse of the law. For Jesus was made a curse for us on the tree. See, Jesus became a curse on the tree. He took the curse on his body. Why? So that we could have the blessing. Amen. Boy, that's awesome. I mean, I mean, there's nothing that compares to Christianity. There's no religion out there that has a redemptive plan like Christianity. Uh, there's nothing compares to it. I, I don't know why anybody would want to move over to another religion and, and leave Christianity. It doesn't make sense if you realize how good it is to be saved. Are you listening? I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying with the Lord. Amen. And so it says in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that through, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. So, so, so what is he saying here? He's saying here that Jesus, not, he, he was stripped uh, and he was put on the cross and he became poor willingly so that we could have riches, not just, not just monetary wealth, which is good. It, we, have the, we have an inheritance. We have heaven, glory to God. But see, God doesn't want, uh, he doesn't want the curse of poverty. We're not supposed to be walking under any curse of poverty or any curse of lack or any curse of debt. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In other words, God wants us free. He wants us free from from debt and lack and all that. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so he has provided a way 
for that glory to God. I love what it says in 3 John 1, 2. Uh, well, let's go to Proverbs 10, 22. It says, the blessings the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. What does that mean? Well, that, in Proverbs, it says that as we serve God, as we honor God, the Bible says that God will bless us. Amen. And we see that, that it says in 3 John 1, 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. I love that. Prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So I love that. So, so, so John is actually saying, he, he's pronouncing a blessing that we prosper in all things. Amen. So we see this, that, that, that this is, uh, you know, uh, we can see in the scriptures where Jesus actually demonstrated. Do you know Jesus, when he was down here on, these, on the earth and he was revealing himself as the bread of life, which we will never hunger and that we will never thirst. And he, he revealed himself and he revealed himself through doing different things uh, in his ministry. And when you study it out, he did miracles of prosperity in his ministry. See, he came down here and and the first miracle that he did was he turned water into wine. That was that was a miracle that he did. And that was a miracle of provision. Somebody say the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not lack. So so Jesus did miracles of provision. Amen. I like when, 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 when Peter, uh, when Jesus walked up to Peter's boat and, and Jesus asked, uh, actually went into the boat, didn't even really ask Peter if he could use it. And he just told Peter to launch it out. That's pretty bold. Jesus was bold. And then Jesus started preaching. And then Jesus, after he was done preaching, he told Peter to, to launch his boat out and to throw his nets out and to get a haul. Think about this. And, and so, and so, so Peter, you know, said he fished all night. And see, that's what, what I'm talking about. When, when it says that the blessings of the Lord makes rich and he has no sorrow with it, that word sorrow actually means toil. In other words, it, it's, it's always working and never getting ahead. And so, and so here, Peter toiled all night. And then, then Jesus said, cast your nets over. And he did. And the, and the Bible says that, that he received so much fish that he had to call other boats over. And it actually said that the, that the fish uh, in Luke uh, 6 and 7, it says when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking so that they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come, help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Think about that. So what am I saying to you today? I'm saying that God is not just a just enough God. He's a more than enough God. Why does he want, why does he want us bless us more than enough so that we can be a blessing to others? In other words, he wants to bless us so that we can bless other people. Amen. So that we can be a blessing. That's what he said to Abraham, the Abrahamic blessing. He said, I will make your name great. I will bless you so that you can be a blessing. Amen. And so really, I love that about our salvation. It's because we look at your name and say, you got something to do. We, we have something 
to do. Amen. I, I, I like that. Praise God. So we got to get a revelation of, of, of Jesus' power to, to prosper us. I like, I like his healing miracles. Not only did Jesus do uh, miracles of provision, you know, he also multiplied the, the fish and the loaves and fed 5,000 people. And he had 12, uh, 12 baskets left over. He's more than a God. Uh, more than enough God. Amen. And so we got to get a revelation on that. Number two, uh, Jesus demonstrated the threefold blessing of salvation by by doing miracles of healing. And we, we see that in Acts 10, 38, where it says God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. So we see that number three, we see that that Jesus demonstrated uh, uh, the, the, the giving people eternal life when he walked on this earth. And he did that when when the lady came to him and there was a lady that was a sinner. He Jesus was invited to a Pharisee's house and this lady was a sinner and she was a prostitute. And uh, she came in and she put some oil on Jesus's feet. She 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 cried and wiped his feet with with her, her tears and her hair. And and she was a sinner. And, and this is interesting what Jesus said. Jesus says this to her. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven for she loved much. But to whom uh, little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he says to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him begin to say, to themselves, who is this who can forgive sins? Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So what did Jesus do? Jesus actually gave people eternal life when he was walking down here on this earth, fulfilling his ministry. Remember when Jesus was on the cross and it was interesting to me, he was on the cross. He was between two thieves and he was between two thieves. And one of the thieves said, if you are the son of God, why don't you get us out of here? Think about that. Well, he, but he was basically challenging the, who Jesus was. The other thief says, said, rebuked that thief and said, don't you fear God? And so, so he had a revelation of, 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 of God. He said, don't you fear God? This, this is the key to walking in salvation. You've got to get a revelation, a reverential fear of God. In other words, people that don't have God in their life, people that don't, they don't have a, revel, they don't have a reverential fear of God. In other words, they don't, they, can't, they don't have an understanding that there is a judgment day. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And that there will be a judgment day. What's interesting about a lot, a lot of times about unbelievers and, you know, experiences in family, it seemed like hell doesn't come up in, too much. And most unbelievers, they don't think about hell or they don't even think they're going. Do you know that? That's why they can sleep at night. Have you ever thought, of, how can unbelievers seem so happy, laid back and not because they don't have a revelation that that Jesus is going to judge the world. But we have a revelation, don't we? That's why we're here today. Amen. We have a revelation that Jesus will judge the world. And I love this. He was there and, and the thief you know, had a revelation. Don't you fear God? And then then he had a revelation that Jesus must have been the true Messiah. Because he said to Jesus, he said, remember me when you get into your kingdom. 
In other words, he must have put his faith and trust on the cross in Jesus on who he was. Because Jesus looked bad up there with him. Jesus looked like one of the sinners. But he, he saw beyond the, 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 the more look of Jesus. He saw beyond where Jesus was. He had a revelation that Jesus was the Lamb of God. Maybe he heard Jesus preached. Maybe before he got arrested and ended up on the cross, maybe he walked with Jesus and then he messed up. I don't know, but he had a revelation. And so what did Jesus say? Jesus said, today, he said, he said to Jesus, remember me when you get into the kingdom. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Think about that. That is awesome. What I love about that is, is that, you know, that God can get even us on our last moments of death. So you can never really judge where anybody goes because you don't know if somebody had talked to them. You don't know, you know, like Yen's brother, we're believing her family. We don't know where he ended up. We're believing that somebody may have ministered to him before he died in the accident. Because the Bible says, you and your family shall be saved. So we're going to believe the positive and not that I'm not the judge. But God is the judge and thank God he can draw us and he can bring us in to his sweet love. Amen. So, so, we're, so today I'm talking to you uh, that, that as a Christian, we are on a journey. And, and the number one, uh, you know, there's some keys to this journey. Number one, we have to know God. We have to get a progressive revelation of who God is. John 17, 3 says, and this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So, so Jesus was, was praying uh, a priestly prayer and he said that eternal life Eternal life is not just a, 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 a revelation of going to heaven. Eternal life is knowing God. Amen. Hello. Do you know him? Yes. Do you have a revelation of his love this morning? Do you know that he's for you this morning? Do you know that he's he drawn you out of darkness and he's and he paid the price for you? The number two key in our journey, we, we have to experience freedom. And so, so in our journey, we all should be going through a process of being more and more free. How many people are in the process? Thank God. We're all, we're, thank God that God loves us in spite of us. Okay, man. Woo. <laughs> Can I say that again? Thank God that God loves us in spite of us. In spite of our shortcomings. In spite of our weaknesses, in spite of those things, God loved us and chose us in spite of those things. Amen. I like what it says in John 8, 31, 32. Then Jesus uh, said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. How are you going to walk out of a bondage in your life? How are you going to walk it out? Well, you have to abide in the vine. You, you, there's another scripture, uh, another translation that actually says this. It says, if you continue in my word. So maybe that's a little bit more clear. If we continue. 
if we continue. What does that mean? That means we got to continue reading our Bibles. We got to continue going to church. We got to just continue. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? And in the process of us continuing in that word, pretty soon we start getting set free. I used to buy lottery tickets about three weeks ago. No, I'm kidding. But I used to buy lottery tickets and uh, as a Christian, not as an unsafe. And you, know, you say, well, that's not a sin. Well, you know, if your faith and hope in winning a lottery, you know, you know, your faith and hope needs to be in the Lord. And so, you, you know, if, if yeah, you can do it for fun. OK, but but if your faith and hope, you're trying to win the big one, you know, and you're putting your faith in that. I'm telling you, but you're better off putting your money in the plate. There's a more guarantee God's going to bless you when you give to God than when you're trying to give to the state to win a lottery. And so but I would I would get in there and I'll get. Oh, oh, oh. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I hope I get it. I hope I get it. You, know, you get almost excited and you're scratching off those numbers. Maybe I'll win the big Powerball. And I always, Ark! another one, please. <laughs> and then I, you know, all of a sudden, the Lord, all of a sudden, I just didn't have a desire. The more I spent time in the word, all of a sudden, you know, I'd just go to 7-Eleven just to buy it. But all of a sudden, I would end up in 7-Eleven, but I would have no desire to buy a lottery ticket. And the Lord revealed to me, you know, now what's sin to me may not be sin to you. You know what I'm talking about? But whatever God is convicting you of, you know, I'm not going to put what, my, well, you know, this is what God's convicted me of. OK. And uh, and so and so I remember watching somebody buying lottery tickets and I was standing back and the Lord said, remember when you used to be like that? <laughs> I said, yeah, Lord, I remember, I remember when I used to be like, thank you for getting me out of that. I don't want to throw my money away. Amen. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? Why? Because when we continue in the word of God, by, by spending time in the word, the word of God will set you free. Amen. Will set you free from those bondages. Uh, when, we, when we continue, you know, the, the word of God is God speaking to us. Yes. Somebody say, how do you hear from God? Read your Bible. Yes. God's word, God, God's word, you know, if you want to hear from God, it, the Bible is God speaking to you. And how do you, how do you talk, communicate God? You praying, talking to him, you know, developing your relationship with him. Amen. And then we need, we need to make a commitment that we pray every day, that we read our Bible every day, that, that we worship Jesus every day. Just, it doesn't have to be long, but put God in your equation. Walk with God. That's what I that's what I want to encourage you to do is walk with God. God's calling us into a loving relationship with him. And then in the processes of us walking with God, we're going to discover our purpose. And, and you know, that is the key in Galatians six, four and five. This is the message translation. It says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. So this is, this is discovering our purpose. In other words, when God starts revealing to us who we are and the calling that he's placed in our life, and we, and we discover that we're going to be the most fulfilled people on planet Earth. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? See, I never thought 
that God, I don't know why, you know, sometimes I question, God, are you sure you called me at times? You know, and, uh, and but God has called me to be a pastor. And I remember before I ever became a pastor, I loved talking to other Christians about the word of God. I love just, you know, I, I, I was a salesman. And so I would, sell, I would sell. But if if it was another Christian, I would start talking to them about the word and the Bible and I would not be selling. You know what I'm talking about? And, I, and what was I, what, what I want to do? My, my heart's passion is to get truth into people. And I, that is my heart. And, I, and anytime I learn something from the word, I want to give it to somebody else. Why? I don't know. That, that's in me. I, I just want to see people grow. I just have this in me to see people grow into where God wants them to be. And so, I, you know, I never knew that God was calling me to be a pastor. I, 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 to tell you the truth, I shunned the whole idea. Matter of fact, I thought pastors were boring. I didn't think that I didn't want to be a pastor. I wanted to be an evangelist. I, I, I looked at the evangelist as the one that's casting out the devils and getting people saved, closing down the deal and all that. Pastors do that too, but, but evangelists seem much more palatable to me. And I said, I said I would never pastor. I'm going to say this, never say never. Amen. Never say never what you're never going to do. I should have said I'm never going to pastor and live in Hawaii, but I, yeah, that's a, that's a joke. But anyway... No, but God called me back here. And, you know, I never thought I even wanted to move back to Virginia Beach. You know, I never thought that. But God had a purpose for me to come back. Amen. Why? Because he knew you would be here and he knew that you would need to receive some truth. And he knew that you needed to grow in God. And he knew that you needed to become all that you need to be in God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so, and so number four, we need to make a difference in our journey with God. We need to make a difference in the kingdom of God. Amen. John 15, 8, it says this way. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. So what is, what is Jesus calling us to do? He's calling us to bear fruit in our realm. He's calling us to be, you know, uh, a light bearer to this dark world. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? He's calling us to be the light of the world, to be the salt. The Bible says we're salt and light. I'm saying, I, I'm saying this to you today, that, that, that Yen was salt and light this week to her family. Because they didn't like her standing back and not participating in the rituals of Buddhism. And they and she got persecution over it. She got flack over it. They didn't like it, but they knew where she stood. And some people may not like you, may not like your faith, but I guarantee you stand on your faith without wavering. They may not like you, but they will respect you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? They may not like your faith, but they will. You know, there's a lot of unbelievers that may not agree with Billy Graham, but they respect who he is. He's a man that stood for faith over years and years, and, and he never backed off of the truth of who Jesus is. And we gotta get we gotta get in a place where we're making a, 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 a difference, where we we are bearing. Fruit, and this is where the key is. Listen, if we're if we're not walking in, in, in a lot of peace, if we're not walking in a lot of joy, it may be because we're not moving into those areas. Oh man, I'm preaching today. 
We're not, we, some of us might need to move forward. Oh, okay. Um, some of us might need to go a little deeper in God. Some of you may need to go. Maybe God is leading you to witness to your neighbor. Oh, no. Maybe God is. Oh, are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Maybe God is leading you maybe to, to get more involved in the church. Oh, no. Maybe. Listen, we got to press in to the things of God. And John 15, 11 says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is all connected to bearing fruit. Jesus said that when you're bearing fruit, that, that the joy, that his joy will remain in you and that your joy will be made full. Oh, you listen, I'm telling you the happiest day uh, 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 of the week for Pastor David is Sunday mornings. Sunday is my day. I love Sundays. I love Sunday. I love the, uh, the, 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 just the, uh, the, the grace that God gives me to minister words of life to you. Thank Sunday's my favorite day of the week. Why? Because I love church. Somebody say, I love church. It's like church needs to be like a little piece of heaven. I tell you, when you're in church and you're sensing the presence of God and you're sensing his love and you're sensing his peace, I'm telling you, there's nothing like being in a spirit-filled church. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I was ministering to my cousins while I was down there. They were going through some, some hard time, too. I have some cousins that live right where Yen's family lives. And they were going through a hard time. And, and, and I, I, I was ministering to them. And, and I, don't know, I don't think that they are saved. But I'm ministering to them about the goodness of God and about the Bible. And my, my, my uh, cousin said, you're so different than anybody I've ever talked to. Yeah. And I said, really? She said, you, it's just like you light up when you talk about the word of God. I mean, it's like it's real to you. It is. I'm talking about something I truly believe. It's real to me. Jesus is real to me. See, there's, there's a false faith that has permeated the church of this day, and it's called mental assent. It's just mentally agreeing that Jesus, oh yeah, I believe Jesus died on the cross, and, and Jesus, you know, was raised from the dead. But are, are you walking out your faith? Do you really believe? Because if you really believe, you're walking it out. You can't say you truly, really believe and not be walking your faith out. We're called to walk it out. Somebody say, walk it out. And so as we walk it out, as we walk out our faith, we will see the goodness of God. So we are on mission. Somebody say, I'm on mission. When Jesus was praying his prayer right before he went to the cross, it's called the priestly prayer. He, in John 17, he, he says in, in verse 18, Amplified, he said this to the, to the Father. Just as you commissioned and sent me into the world, I also have commissioned and sent them, believers, into the world. What is God calling us to be? He's calling us to be a witness for him. Are you listening to what I'm saying? He's calling us to be a witness. You know, it, it's, it's interesting to me. Jesus was so focused on his mission. And what was his mission? To seek and save the lost. And everything that we do in our life, as we reflect the glory of God by doing good things, amen, that, that reveals the goodness of God. And we are sowing seed in 
people's lives where they can get the revelation of the goodness of God. And hopefully you're drawing people closer to God by how you live your life. And, and Yen, it was living her, lived her life this week obeying the word of God and not succumbing to pressure of the family, not doing those rituals that were ungodly, that wasn't right. She was letting her light shine regardless of how they felt about it. And I'm going to say this, we're all going to come to a test. And there's going to be a test every, every day can be a test in our lives. And the enemy is going to try to get us to go the wrong way, to walk in a little darkness, to do a little sin. And I'm telling you, there's always, you know, there's always a, 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 a choice that we need to make every day. And I don't know about you, but as according to my, me and my house, I will serve the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord regardless if it costs me. Serving God might cost you some relationships. Serving, even family relationships, even family relationships. Jesus says, if you don't love me over your mother, your father, if you don't love me more than your children, you're not worthy of my kingdom. In other words, we need to love Jesus more than everything else. Am I preaching today or what? Are you hearing that? We, Jesus said, you can't be my disciple unless you love me more than anything else. More than people's opinions. More than how people think about you. You know, it's amazing about, about religion and how the devil works religion in people's lives, like Buddhism and, and all these other type of religions. And, and they're based on traditions and they're based on the fear of man. What do I mean by that? And see, see, they have to be a good Buddhist to look good in front of everybody else. And so really, religion is, a lot of it is based on the fear of what people will think of you. People will not make it to heaven and not receive Jesus because they have a fear of what people will think of them. And listen, listen, Jesus said, if you don't confess me before men, I won't confess you before the Father and the angel." And I'm telling you, when we walk out our life and we walk it out, allowing our light to shine, I'm telling you, we're going to be all that God calls us to be. Amen. Paul actually said it this way. Paul was a very educated man and he, he had all these degrees in, in, in Judaism and, he, and he, he was at the top of his, his game in Judaism. He was one of the top of his game in Judaism and he said he count his whole life before meeting Jesus, he counts that as nothing. In other words, he was willing to let go of Judaism and his plaques and his awards and all they did. What? He said, I'm going to let it all go just to know Christ. I'm going to let it all go. See, that's where we got to get in our Christian walk. When we're willing to let our worldly desires, our worldly lusts, we got to just let it go. Amen. And embrace Christ. We just got to let it go. Somebody say, let it go. And he was willing to let it go. And he said, I want to be conformed to Jesus' image. image. I want to experience Jesus' suffering. And I want to experience his resurrected life. 
And when you start letting those sinful things that try to draw us in go, and you start embracing truth of Christ and who he is, and you say, I'm going to walk with God no matter what it looks like, no matter if anybody goes with me, I'm going to continue to walk with God. You're going to have that joy. You're going to have that peace. You're going to have that love. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? God will fill you up. Are you listening? I'm telling you, God is so good to us. So he's given us assignment. And in Acts 1.8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. God will empower us. Jerusalem is our family to be a witness to our family. We need to be a witness. We need to pray for our family. Continue to pray for them. Continue to lift them up in prayer. Continue to witness to them as God leads. We need to be a witness to our neighbors or people that, 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 that in Samaria would be people that aren't like us. How do we do that? We try to find common ground with the outsiders, people that are outside our circle. And we try to find common ground. And then what we do, we, we, we try to bring Christ into their life. Amen. And so that's what I try to do this week when I start talking to them about Buddhism and asking them where where does this belief comes from? I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get them to question why do they do what they do? Amen. And then I try to put a little bit of Jesus in there and talk about salvation and talk about that we have a guarantee heaven. Amen. It will get some of them thinking. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? And I'm trying to be the, the light and trying to bring in God in some way. Sow a seed, glory to God. And then the end of the earth, you know, uh, you know it's amazing to me. You know, the reason why uh, we, uh, we don't go on a lot of mission trips, but we support missionaries and we build water wells. And, uh, you know, we just, we just built one in, in uh, which was amazing, uh, in, in Yen's country, uh, Vietnam. We just uh, we just got all the information. So you guys put money into a water well and and and, and we we um, and it was in a community and they know it came from a seed life church and they know that God is blessing that community. Amen. It's sowing a seed. Glory to God. And so when you give your tithes and your offerings, you may not be able to go to the mission field, but your finances is financing uh, the, the work of God all over the world. And I'm telling you, every, every dime that we give, every seed that we plant, God takes notice of that. And God will bless you for that. The Bible says you cannot give up homes, houses, families and all that and not receive a hundredfold times in this life and eternal life. So whatever you give to God, I'm telling you, you're not giving it, you're sowing it. And whatever you sow to God will come back and it will come back with multiple blessings on top. Do you believe that today? I'm telling you, God is bringing us up to the next level and he's bringing us into that place as we continue to abide in him, continue to stay in his word. He will show us who we are, what we have and what we can do in him. Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we just thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your love and I thank you for these precious people, Lord. That you have called to be the light of the world, to be the salt of the earth. And perhaps you're here today and maybe maybe you're new. Maybe you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're watching online 
and, and you haven't, you know, you, you know Jesus, you, you have an a understanding that he went to the cross, that, that uh, you, may have un, you may even uh, have a, 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 a head understanding of it, but do you have a heart knowledge of it? And the only way you're going to get that heart knowledge is to ask Jesus to come into your heart. So I want you to pray this prayer. If you're ready to move forward in your walk with Christ, say this. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.